0: Welcome to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. and Jeff, Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, we've got a controversial topic today.
1: <laughs> so controversial.
0: There, there are very few people with ambivalent feelings about mushrooms, right?
1: Right. It's true. I mean,
0: we love mushrooms. I think oh, that's safe gosh, to yes. say.
1: Yes, so much. I, I do
0: things. detest an ill-cooked mushroom.
1: For sure, which is I why I hated met. them when I was a little kid because I think they oh. came out of a jar. Ugh.
0: Those like
1: nasty, slimy. slippery, yeah, gross. Yeah, that, you know, that's just it's like black olives. It's it's it comes back. We were talking about this in the kitchen yesterday. when my, my new sous chef said, You know, I didn't like olives when I was a kid, and I started laughing. I could only think of you, Tony, because you always talk about how I hated olives when I met you. Mm-hmm but it's those products one. Well, he's young, so I'm not really sure why he hasn't had good olives growing up, but when we were kids, there there were there wasn't a lot of choice or any choice. With mushrooms, mushrooms were hard to find when we were kids. I mean, I don't even know if you could find fresh button mushrooms in the grocery, let alone anything else like
0: You really didn't see button mushrooms when you were a kid in the store?
1: No. I don't remember seeing them.
0: Wow. And I, that I, we definitely saw them in the store. Hmm. Along with the, the little trays of, you, you mean fresh the ones? The little pink I'm talking tomatoes. about fresh
1: ones. Okay. Yeah, I oh, mean fresh gosh. Ones. Those trays of oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. Those I trays see of pink tomatoes are
0: right next to the, <laughs> the <it>. mushrooms and <laughs> the little, the little right. plastic
1: little containers, blue, you know? blue thing. Yeah. All right. But
0: remember when it was the 80s and like Portobello showed up and everyone oh. freaked out?
1: Oh, yeah. Super exotic. And people didn't know to take the gills out? Nope. Yeah. You have to scoop out the gills. And on then the portobello,
0: and then the world went crazy. It's 1985, and shiitake mushrooms are in everything,
1: mm-hmm. right? I actually bought shiitake mushrooms because I I uh, bought them from a local farmer on Tuesday for the first time, and I mean I literally don't think I've I have purchased shiitake mushrooms for 20 years, and they were and I and we were sautéing them, and I kept eating them. They're so good and. I I couldn't wait to taste one because I remember when I was, a, I think I was in high school. Um, we My father used to do a lot of business in Chicago. We we lived about 100 miles away from Chicago. So we would go there a lot of the time and eat, you know, stay for the weekend and eat dinner. And I, I remember there was a restaurant, gosh, I can't think of the name of it. But um, it was one of my dad's favorite restaurants. And the chef was a woman. I can't believe I can't think of the name of that restaurant. But anyway, so um it was just absolutely astonishing that there was a female chef and one of the courses i had was lentils with shiitake mushrooms and duck and i'd never had lentils i don't think i'd ever had duck at that point and i definitely had not had that combination of shiitake mushrooms the shiitakes with the lentils were like one of the most brilliant things i'd eaten up you know just that was like really amazing i will not forget though i can taste that right now but yeah that was a
0: yeah, that's that's a good combo. So, so we wanted to spend time on mushrooms today. We want to spend time on maybe a few basic recipes and cooking tips and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: what you do wine wise with mushrooms. But I think we have to start with the existential question. You know, wh- what about the people that think they don't like mushrooms?
1: We have to. <laughs> what can we do for them? <laughs> we have to teach them how to cook them. How and to we look, we, what we to work with we work
0: with a person every day. Mm -hmm. that for for decades that we love who can't stand mushrooms do you know this
1: no i have no idea who that is yeah huh yeah well yeah i mean you know everybody doesn't like everything that's a bit of a shame especially since it's a huge category of food um and by the way it's not a vegetable mushrooms are fungi and they are high in fiber protein and antioxidants which is pretty cool um, I mean, I was just reading something that says it even you know helps to stave off uh, uh, you know cancer and all kinds of stuff. So they're good for you. So give them a try.
0: Well, they're good for you if you. So let, let's talk about the basics of cooking, like a button mushroom, to get some flavor from it. We can go through like, let's say maybe like five or six paper mushrooms sure. today, and and how to work with it, a and recipe, we'll... and maybe wine for that dish
1: one of the things that's very um the big question about working with mushrooms is do you wash them or do you not wash them because mushrooms are like sponges and they will absorb every bit of water that you're you know i mean they just they already have a high water content which we need to get rid of most of it and you don't want them to absorb a lot more so if you can brush a mushroom either with a a a nice towel that's not abrasive too abrasive, um, and, or a brush that, I mean, I think is just going to be too abrasive, but they do make mushroom brushes. Um, if you can brush them, that's what you want to do. You really want to try to avoid putting them in a sink full of water, but some mushrooms you have to. Um, because they're I,
0: essentially sponges, right? I mean.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. So. They absorb that water and then you got to, then you got to get the water back out of there. You right. of
0: defeating your purpose.
1: Right. So with buttons, like I said, either, you know, rub the, dirt off of them or wash them. And if you wash them in a sink, you know, wash them in a sink full of water, do it pretty quickly. They don't need to soak in there like a chanterelle, which we'll talk about later. Um, They just need to be free of debris and then um, drain them well and then put them on your board and start cutting them. So when you cook button mushrooms, and let's say you slice them, all right, you want a large pan. You want them to be sort of in one layer, um, maybe two layers at the most. Um, you so you want a pan that's uh, going to get nice and hot. You're going to put butter in there if you eat butter, and allow that to melt, and then at start and then add the mushrooms. I would add a little bit of salt, and if you like pepper, maybe a little bit of pepper, and uh, start working them. And you're going to be pretty much on high heat the whole time, depending on how many BTUs your stove has. Um, that means power. But if you're gonna be in high heat, you got to move power. them the whole time, right? Yeah, you and you're constantly moving them. So this is a this is a a little bit like making risotto. It's a bit of a labor of love. You need to. Hang out with the mushrooms. You're not leaving them. You're going to pay attention to them, and you're going to keep them moving around in that pan, because what you're trying to do is work out that natural water content. Not every bit of it. We're not making dried mushrooms, but you do want to take them to the point where they begin to caramelize, and and once they begin to caramelize, you're done. Um, you know that's they, but that's a it's a it's sort of a long, slow process in a way. Um, you know, you, you probably can't be on high heat the whole time, but you definitely want to get your pan started that way and get the mushrooms going. If you start on low heat, you're just going to boil them and it's just going to be a bad situation. So start off on high heat and sort of maintain heat. And, um, yeah, once you see that water uh, content, you'll see it come out, especially in button mushrooms because they have a lot of water. Um, and it then just, you'll see it, it begin just to evaporate. just right out. You can see yeah. it. And then you'll see the butter start to do its job. Um, it will start to brown at that point once the water is steamed out of the pan and out of the mushrooms. And then, um, and you can add a little bit more butter if you feel like your pan might be a tiny bit dry. Um, you don't want your pan to be dry. Uh, and um, and that's it. Just make sure you season them nicely. And you know, I like to add not to buttons, but um, when we talk about chanterelles, I like to add a little bit of rosemary to the butter um, before I sauté the mushrooms. So. Uh, there are, you know, you could certainly add thyme, uh, fresh thyme, a little bit, please don't, you know, you don't want much, a little bit of fresh thyme to button mushrooms is nice. Uh, you could put shallots at the end. You could add a little bit of finely chopped shallot and garlic to the pan. Um, or you might want to do that separately, cook it very gently in butter and then add it to the mushrooms off the heat. Um, but you know, if you just want straight mushrooms, butter, salt, and it's good. You don't even have to add the pepper. So that's button mushrooms. now, I will say one thing that I really love to make from button mushrooms is duxelles. uh so it's a it's a french uh little French thing, and um you chop the mushrooms pretty fine.
0: you would use duxelles very differently, so the mushrooms you're talking about are sliced. the button mushrooms are sliced uh-huh. and they might be say a garnish for uh meat that you roasted or for right. uh you know a grilled chicken dish or you know any number of other things that, sure, sure, right duxelle is
1: a real a whole different
0: thing it's like it's pretty pretty fine mushrooms right
1: uh-huh yeah
0: Used very differently in cooking
1: right what's your so, favorite way to use it so i love duxelle with beef tenderloin it's just perfect 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 and a little red wine reduction sauce um or you could do uh, a little hollandaise sauce you could do barblanc Blanc sauce, um, but which is a butter sauce. Uh, but with Duxelles, you just finely chop the mushrooms and you cook them the same way in and in, in the same kind of pan and butter with salt and pepper. But you add shallot, finely chopped shallot to it, and um, and it doesn't take as long because you finally chop the mushroom. You can put them in your food processor to chop them. It does work um, if you. Do, but I think it's a great knife skill uh, thing to just go ahead and chop them by hand. Uh, to practice your knife skills. But if you're in a hurry, you can certainly throw them in the food processor. Um, they will bounce around if you put them in whole. I don't suggest that. You are going to have to lightly chop them before you put them in the food processor to keep them from bouncing around in there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another fun way.
0: Mushroom duxel is also one of those things that, like, if, let's say that you want to make a vegetarian burger that, you know, with, with beans cooked with great mushroom stock, herbs, you know, Plenty of sweated garlic, if you like. And the duxelle, you know, create, creating a patty out of those guys can have great flavor. That would be delicious.
1: Yeah. yeah, I love Duxel. And you can even
0: get it kind of crispy on mm-hmm. the outside.
1: And if you want to look it up, it's D-U-X-E-L-L-E, duxelle. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about chanterelles, so we might as well get into that.
0: Yeah, chanterelles, I mean, they're a big favorite for me, and I like them a lot of different ways. Right. Uh, I, that, being the good german boy i like them pickled Mm -hmm. you know they're kind of a garnish for every sort of like slow cooked meat you know little little pickled mushrooms Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or uh for all kinds of charcuterie yes um, a little pickled mushrooms little pickled onions those are just very you know poignant and that sweet super tart thing Mm -hmm. with chanterelles seem to carry that chanterelles have almost like an inherent fruitiness to them Definitely. I find it's not just the apricot color; there is almost that fruitiness to them. Yeah. They have different flavor from a lot of other mushrooms.
1: True, very true. And they're so. they're they're uh, if they're wild, um, they are wild. Uh, you really They've have to.
0: They've got everything in them. Oh gosh, I mean, <laughs> you've got everything but rabbits in those things. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so you want a l- large sink full of water uh, to let those, uh, mushrooms sit in for, you, I would let them sit for probably 10 minutes. And I kind of swish them around in there with my hand every now and then you let all the pine needles and all the dirt and all the, whatever else is in there, sand, whatever sink to the bottom of the sink, you lift them out, go into a colander, let them drain, clean out your sink and do it again until you don't see much in the sink or anything in the sink. Um, and you have to, you know, like I've seen pine needles grow through the mushrooms. Um, you know, so you just have to go through one by one, um, and you need to cut the stem off. Uh, they are almost invariably full of dirt. And, um, it's also a good way to see how, how fresh the mushroom is inside. Once you cut into this just a little bit, just cut the, you know, what do I want to say? A quarter of an inch maybe. I mean, just because chanterelles aren't very big, so you don't want to waste anything, but, um, just, Yeah, it gives you a window into how healthy that mushroom is. If you see, it's like, how do I say, almost translucent inside or beginning to turn translucent, usually the stem should just be nice and pretty and white once you cut the end off. Um, So if you start to see translucency or or just like spots or anything, I I just wouldn't use that mushroom.
0: I was thinking Um, you just want it pale and springy, kind of.
1: Yes, and yeah, and the caps, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of dirt in the cap. So just, you know, do your, you've got to get that dirt out of there. You've got to clean the mushrooms or you will hate mushrooms. Um, and so this is the time where I would, uh, put on my large saute pan again. Um, those mushrooms need to drain really, really well before you cook them. Uh, I lay them out on a sheet pan and let them let the air hit them a little bit before I cook them. I mean, this is just a process. Working with mushrooms is not quick and easy. There's nothing quick and easy about it if you want to do a good job with them. Um, so, uh, it, it, even if you wanted to like prepare your mushrooms and let them sit out for like an hour, it would really help to um let, help to get some of that moisture out. Unless it's just ungodly humid in your house because it's like pouring down rain outside, then it won't help at all.
0: Well, so, well ch- chanterelles you can take to a couple of different states, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you a little bit like the buttons. You can saute them until they begin to caramelize, right? And you get a lot of that water to steam out of them. Yes, but you can also. I mean, sometimes, especially if it's for meat that has good flavor, let's say it's for lamb, for duck, for uh, squab, Uh, especially, you you want the intensity, so you get it to where it's almost crispy.
1: Right, so as far as cooking them, you know, melt butter in the saute pan. If you do like rosemary, just let it sit in the pan with the butter, let it steep for a little bit, and then just remove the rosemary and begin to saute the mushrooms. So with chanterelles, They're not, you know, you don't have to take them to the point of caramelization, but it should be just before that, that when you stop cooking. um, You do wanna work the water out, but uh, a softer chanterelle is not the end of the world. Um, And actually, I think people like that texture sometimes. It depends on the dish. like for
0: for a fish dish or something. Mm can be is exactly what you
1: want exactly and then and then you know if you're doing something um more flavorful than fish a meat um a game bird uh then maybe take them to the point of caramelization where they're just starting to turn brown and they're looking good Uh, make sure they're seasoned with salt you can add pepper again if you like but you don't have to and that's it with a chanterelle so they're they're a good one they just take a while to clean that's that's the real effort there they will cook faster than a button mushroom though
0: I like chanterelles with fish.
1: Mm-hmm. What's,
0: your, what's your favorite fish for chanterelles?
1: Grouper. I love grouper and chanterelles. And I, well, and I also like turbo with chanterelles very, very much, but turbo is not as easy for people to get. Um, maybe they can find grouper uh, or a snapper. Anything in that sort of uh, sweet, uh, flaking, um, mild flavored fish category, I think is really good with chanterelles. But at the same time, I mean, a strong flavored fish can ha- handle uh, the, the chanterelle as well. Um, I just, I, re- I don't know, I just, I guess I like the idea of, of one of those sort of sweet fish that just, you know, with butter on the plate, whether it's per blanc again or, or um, some sort of other sauce, but something that's just rich and sort of gorgeous, um, but not fighting with the mushroom. Because it, cause it could, should really be all about the fish and the mushroom.
0: So grouper, chai blanc, uh chanterelles as garnish, mm-hmm. maybe uh, uh, lighter, brighter, uh, white burgundy, uh, Saint-Omin or uh, uh, ladoise something like that. Not, not one of the big bruisers, mm-hmm. the big, uh, you know, chuson monochet or something like that, but something with the fish more delicate like that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, mm-hmm. balance out the dish. Yummy. Anyway. All right, yeah, that, that will make Yeah, it. now I'm really getting
1: hungry. <laughs> yeah, there,
0: there's, a, there's a solid brunch dish. Anyway, when we come back on Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine, uh, we're going to run through a few more mushrooms and a few more mushroom dishes and more wine for that. And then by the time we get done, we're going to be really hungry and thirsty <laughs> on Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine with WIPR. <laughs> Welcome back to Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And
1: Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And we're all about mushrooms today.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited. And,
0: and I, I'm really curious. Maybe we'll get emails from listeners and you can always... Ask us questions, or, or, or you know, and it's good to know what you guys are thinking at foremanwolf at wypr.org. And do you love mushrooms? Do you not like mushrooms? Do mushrooms turn you off as a kid, uh, like Cindy, and you have to get brought back <laughs> to the mushroom side? Because <laughs> I, I, th- I, I do think it's all about cooking that woodsy flavor, you know, and varying intensities and with varying textures can be super attractive mm-hmm.
1: but mm-hmm.
0: and we spent time on button mushrooms we spent time on chanterelles
1: uh what do you want to hit next shiitakes we we alluded to shiitakes i think we should talk about them for and, a minute
0: and and they're pretty available and that's a
1: exactly that,
0: that that was i tell you what when i think of the 80s i think of uh, madonna and shiitake mushrooms
1: that's funny so with shiitake you need to cut the stem off they're just not fun to eat and so you can do that with a little paring knife or scissors whichever you prefer Um, but yeah the just the fine point of a paring knife will you know cut that off for you and then um oftentimes i would say shiitake might be one of the few mushrooms you don't really have to wash they are a cultivated mushroom and um i just don't see much dirt on them so i would definitely i would not wash them i would um, if i saw dirt i would just rub it off with a towel uh,
0: they're an easy brush mushroom
1: exactly and then and then you want to julienne them i like a relatively thin julienne of of shiitakes i don't really like a big thick wide piece of shiitakes Uh, and that's that's probably going too far, but that's that's how I feel. Um, you could certainly just saute the whole cap if you wanted to, if you wanted to, you know, maybe use them in a certain way, it, it's, they're, they're still going to be good. But I just like a julienne shiitake. So that I would, again, saute in butter. I would add a little salt. And they're not going to take long at all to cook. Uh, One, because you didn't soak them. Two, because they don't have a high water content. Three, because they tend to be thin. Um, So they're going to cook pretty quickly. So you may even cook them in four or five minutes. Uh, Button mushrooms, you're probably there for 20 or 25 minutes. Um, So uh, that's another nice thing about a shiitake. Also, another good thing about a shiitake is if, let's say you... We're cooking a pork chop, and um, you've got all that wonderful stuff on the bottom of that pork chop pan, and you're like, oh, I have these shiitake mushrooms, I've got a little bit of, you know, uh, chipolini onions or pearl onions or something that you've cooked off and you want to add to the dish, um, you could easily add Julianne uh, shiitakes, add a little bit of fat to the pan with the pork. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, after you've cooked the pork, remove it from the pan, add a little bit of, bit of fresh fat to the pan and uh, cook your mushrooms in that that stuff on the bottom of that and that's gonna be seriously good. And also just knock around those roasted chipolinis or roasted pearl onion or a boiled pearl onion, however you cook them. Um, they need to have the uh, skin removed, of course. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that could be really well, fun.
0: You're talking about the the keeping the, the entire cap. Totally reminds me going back the 80s again thinking of a spinach salad uh, oh. with a wil- with a dressing that was that was warm and wilted making Ooh. a shiitake mushroom and applewood smoked bacon like uh. warm vinaigrette.
1: Oh yeah, yum.
0: You know, where Over where, what where kind it of really, you just you start by roasting those whole caps and then toss the salad with that guy. That's that man, that was a that was a giant that was a giant hit for me in about 1986. <laughs>
1: I'm certain of that. I bet it was very much a hit. What kind of lettuce was it? Or you didn't do it with lettuce? Spinach, spinach. Oh, spinach, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet. The That's world funny. wanted wilted <laughs> spinach salad, are you kidding? Come on. Oh, yeah, well, Come yes. Come on, you were there. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the bacon, warm bacon Kids dressing. Kids, was good stuff out of the 80s. W- and blue cheese uh, with the not, spinach. Not fashion, but good stuff. Yeah, right, right. Huh. Oh, yeah, the Shitakis. bacon and blue cheese thing. Shiitakes are easy um and I, yeah and i heard somebody talking on uh, about um baby portobello's and i'm like uh, i think those are called carmini mushrooms but yes and those are fun too because they are small um and um but yeah you know just talk since we're talking about the 80s the portobello the little carmini <laughs> mushrooms all of those things just the biggest thing with a portobello if you are going to use them is just take a spoon and gently remove the gills and again, just maybe rub the top with a the, towel because those are cultivated. The gills as well. are the
0: if you turned it upside down, it's all of the the stuff around the stem mm-hmm. that looks like a, a radiator, you know, on your car, right? Right. right. You, you got to scoop uh-huh. that stuff out of there without breaking up the mushroom. Right. That
1: and cut off the, the stem. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Portobellos are definitely one of the all-time grilling mushrooms for me.
1: Oh yes. They're perfect for grilling. Well, especially if you have a Oh, my gosh, if you have a wood burning grill, oh, those are going to be good.
0: Well, yeah, but you, you could keep the fire low and just do like half mushrooms to split the guys. Mm-hmm. And, and, and grill it slowly.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And cremini is the nice thing about cremini is you use the whole mushroom again, they're cultivated. So they shouldn't be that dirty, you know, just rub them off and never in a sink and then um, they slice those and those those things are fun. I haven't I haven't eaten a cremini mushroom and I don't know how long. So let's get to some. And more I'm telling things you, that spinach salad
0: us. was a big hit with the. Uh, <laughs> yes, Tony.
1: <I'm laughs> sure it was. <laughs> with, with <laughs> People the, will be calling you for it now. Oh, my goodness. I want it now. Um, a, div- uh, a,
0: difficult, a difficult wine match, though. Why? I got to say. Why? Was there acid well, in the there? Salads in general are a difficult wine match. Yeah. Spinach, mm-hmm. because of the, the very particular sort of bitterness and, and uh, finish of it, have, have an odd finish. That's one of those things that that it, it's gonna sound strange, but some of the sparkling wines that we don't think of as being the most like top of the pyramid sparkling wines actually would do well with a salad like that, like cava or conca from Spain. Okay. You know.
1: That's cool. What other mushrooms do you like right now?
0: Well, I always want seps, you know. Oh, yes. the Italians call porcinis, the Frenchmen call seps. Yeah. Those those guys. I, have, I, I will never forget new... reading the recipe, uh, Robuchon's recipe for the eggplant caviar and with the grilled slices of sep. Yeah, that's one of my favorite recipes. With, I'm um, like, oh my God, you, okay, you completely,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've made, you've made that Wipe dish, out. your version of that dish. Oh
1: yes, it's, it's amazing. That's,
0: yeah, so t- talk, talk about that. I don't think that's okay. mm-hmm. the craziest thing to make and I think no. it's pretty unachievable.
1: Oh, it's very And There achievable. are still
0: local like plants in season. Yeah. And there are porcini available
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the world right now. So
1: okay. So the thing but- with porcinis is there are often worms in there. Okay. They are wild and they are I don't know why the porcini is this way. Maybe they're I don't know, maybe it's the texture. They're they're pretty soft. But anyway, uh you need to check it out for that first because you're not using a mushroom that has worms in it. So um sometimes you can tell from the stem uh, otherwise just cut them in half and you'll see right away uh so let's go past that you need to trim the stem of a porcini they are mushrooms like i said are a lot of work some of them a little less than others but porcinis you have to trim the stem because they there's the outside is just going to be full of dirt and um, you need to wipe the cap with a damp towel do not put them in a sink full of water because you're gonna solve the stem problem by trimming it and you're going to solve any kind of dirt problem uh, with the uh, w- rubbing the top. Now, the gill, if they are really yellow, they're getting older, and they are potentially getting a little slimy. You, you have an old mushroom, you don't want to use that either. Um, uh, you, if, if you see a lot of gill, you should really gently remove that. And that's hard to do because porcini's can be, they're soft yet they're somewhat brittle, if that probably makes no sense, but it's the truth. If you go, maybe it's the cap. So the the cap is a little bit more brittle. So if you are going to remove the gill, just do it very, very gently. And then you don't have to, it just depends on how fresh they are. And then you want to try to slice them in such a way that you get the stem with the cap as much as possible. Um, so you want a full slice. Of course, the, the stem doesn't cover the entire cap, so there will be parts that won't have stem, but um, try to not break them while you're working with them. Now, they can saute them in, in, in butter uh, uh, and salt too, but we're going to grill these. So you're just going to marinate them in a little bit of extra, uh, a light extra virgin olive oil and salt and maybe a little bit of pepper. And those the ones that you were able to slice nicely with the stem, you're going to grill. And that's pretty much the end of the story with the porcini on that the eggplant caviar you cut you wash your eggplants you cut them in half uh you rub them with oil uh a neutral oil corn oil canola uh whichever you prefer grapeseed oil whatever um salt and um salt them And again, eggplants are like sponges, just like mushrooms. So they're gonna soak up a ton of oil. So you don't want them to be completely saturated with oil, but you want them to cook uh, with oil. What I usually do is I get a bowl and I put my corn oil in the bowl and I get out my pastry brush and I brush them, or I will use my hand. Either way, maybe you don't have a pastry brush. It works either way. Uh, Meat side down on the eggplant, on a sheet pan, uh, roast at 300 degrees, and it usually, you, you want to roast them until you can uh, put your hand and kind of push down the whole eggplant. It's, it's how I test them. Yeah, until it's ready to collapse. It gives, yeah. It, when it, yeah, And um, uh, that's probably 20 to 25 minutes at 300. It may, you know, again, I don't know your oven, so it could take longer or it could take shorter, um, but that's about right. And then um, when they come out of the oven, turn them over so they can, uh, the steam can escape and let them cool down. And then once they're cool, uh, start to remove the flesh from the skin. Uh, you're gonna discard the outside of the eggplant and you want to try to remove as many seeds as possible. Don't worry about every single one that's just far-fetched and crazy. Yeah, just but, use,
0: a, use, use a spoon and scoop it out.
1: Yeah, there's there's pockets of seeds and you can usually pull out a pocket of seed and a spoon does help, like a teaspoon. And then um, then what you're going to do is you're gonna put a pot on. You're going to have a small dice of onion a little bit of finely chopped fresh garlic, you need butter, and you need to have uh, either a homemade mayonnaise or you can use a prepared mayonnaise as long as it doesn't have any flavor to it, uh, and lemon, fresh lemon juice. And what you're going to do is you're going to gently saute the onion in butter, at the end, add the garlic. Uh, do not allow that to brown in any way. It should be very, very gentle. There should be a, a bit of excess on the butter side. And then you're going, once that's t- nice and tender, then you add the eggplant and you sort of start beating it up. That's how he describes it in the recipe. He, he sort of just, I, he, I believe he even suggests using a whisk, which can become a little bit of a problem. I think it's better to use a wooden spoon because with a whisk, it'll get caught up in there, and that's just kind of a pain for people that aren't. You
0: need, you need one of those little fine, uh, the whisks that are sort of pyramid-shaped to do that kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, so you that would just, work. Because you, yeah. you can just go back and forth with it right through the pan.
1: Right. So, Or a roux whisk would be good, too, which is, yeah. is elongated and just like for, well, I can't even describe it. You can look it up. But um, beat it up a bit. And you should be on low heat and you're just sort of gently, it's almost like you're melting the eggplant into that onion and garlic. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Add a little bit of salt while you're doing this, a little bit of pepper, and then- um,
0: Then you're going to add your secret ingredient.
1: Which is what? Mayonnaise. (laughs) Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. So we, at the end, (laughs) off the heat, you can leave it in the pot, but take it off the stove and see, again, that's why I have stainless steel countertops. Um, take it off the stove, put it on something, uh, whether it's your stainless steel countertop or on a hot pad on your beautiful countertop that will be ruined with that hot pan. And then um, w- you want to fold in a little bit of mayonnaise. And, you know, let's say you're doing four pe- enough eggplant for four people, I would say probably about half a cup of mayonnaise and the juice of probably one lemon um, that's not like crazy juicy. And, oh, my gosh, it's just oh, I could eat that right now. It's just one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things. And it is a, a bit of a process. Again, it's a process of love. You have to take your time. You have to roast the eggplant properly. You have to be gentle with the onion and the garlic in the pan. You know, really work it. And you will end up with something that you're like, I can't believe that this is so good. And then with those grilled porcini mushrooms, oh my goodness, that's a great dish for a vegetarian. If they eat And you can them. either
0: put a canal of it on a plate and lay the porcini, the grilled porcini slices against it. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, put it in a ring mold. I think that's the way that the yeah. Rubichon always did it. Right. Put it in a ring and then cover it entirely with the
1: porcinis. Oh, my gosh. And, and he, then, does, uh, he does, he does. also does a baby eggplant. He fries little thin slices of baby eggplant and garnishes it, which is so nice because you've got, you know, you've got this tender eggplant uh, caviar, as we call it, and then the, the the mushrooms are going to be sort of tender on the palate too, um, but all these wonderful flavors. And then you have that little bit of crispy, you know, delicate, gorgeous, sexy um, little fried eggplant. Oh, so good!
0: And, and you 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 just you want Syrah, you know, uh, okay. whether it's Northern Rhone Syrah like from Joseph or something with that. It's it's actually kind of fruity, but but like firm and mineral Syrah. That very black fruit.
1: Mm, that sounds You know good. that
0: that granite soil kind of comes through that and and
1: mm-hmm
0: that's a great connection with uh with that particular dish lovely but, oh my goodness i love that stuff yeah that's the other um, thing with porcini is that I, I've, when i've gotten really pretty ones oh, and, were, the... and was able to just grill them mm-hmm. for breakfast or brunch you know take baguette slices
1: i was just gonna say cook, cook that's them in gotta butter. be a bruschetta you know, for you you know <laughs> you don't know mean you... mushrooms Perfect. and toast
0: right you know yeah right? it's, it's yeah. a it's a bruschetta oh
1: yeah it's a I bruschetta
0: like. and you either serve it like if it's a, If it's a first course kind of thing, an antipasti, you make a nice creamy red wine vinaigrette. If it's uh, breakfast, then you do, you know, really soft, tender scrambled eggs uh, along with and kind of have it falling off of those, uh, you know, porcini toast with uh, the the little buttered pan toasted baguette,
1: you know. Yeah, that that that's now that, just that delicious. That does not oh. want red wine. That wants <laughs> uh, a
0: fat glass of champagne, is what that oh, wants.
1: Right on. There Big,
0: you know. toasty, Blanc de Noir kind of thing, maybe a Mayville mm. or uh uh Bollinger. Chef likes Bollinger.
1: Yes, very much. Just
0: like James Bond.
1: <laughs> well that's anyway, not surprising we have that in anyway, common <laughs> we, yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll be back with chef and james bond on former wolf on food and wine in a few minutes to talk maybe not with bob james bond to talk about a few more mushrooms and to get uh, probably a bit hungrier on uh, wypr Welcome back to Formidable Food & Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're deep in the mushroom country now. <laughs> I wish there was a place called mushroom. Maybe there you know, is. In the, it, I want to live it, there. It, in the Lord of the Rings, uh, they, they talk oh, about taking mushrooms from some particular farmer.
1: Oh, yes. And the smell
0: of them cooking and how that's, that's home, kind of.
1: Oh my gosh, and yes. When
0: I was a kid and reading that, I was thinking, I wish I came home to that smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what i But of my I don't hype. know about like stealing mushrooms from a farmer because most of the best ones are just found and gathered and, you know, mm-hmm. all the various forest mushrooms. I mean, that's, we're talking about chanterelles, we're talking about uh, seps or slash porcinis.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so what else is on your list?
1: Well, one thing I would like to say, uh, just from the last segment is the book we were referring to is called L'Atelier Robuchon, um, of course, by Joelle Robuchon. And Patricia Wells um, does a forward who she's also one of my favorite cookbook authors. uh, And um, she does a forward for the book because she spent like, I don't know, a month or six weeks or something with him. When I read that, I'm like, you're like the luckiest person in the world to have trailed him for that period of time. Um, and, uh, she's amazing though, and he obviously he, he has passed away, but he was obvious, absolutely one of the greatest chefs that's ever lived during our lifetime. So um, I strongly suggest getting that book.
0: You know, Cindy, that's a, I can't believe we're getting to this this late. There are hedgehogs that come in the winter and they mm-hmm. can be great, and I love mm-hmm. hedgehogs, but morels i love morels so much gosh and i think maybe after black truffles they're my favorite fungus yeah i love morels Um, Mm. and and when when asparagus comes if there are morels available and and often they come at the same time Mm -hmm. that that's one of those like particular magical both have perfectly strong very juxtaposed flavors I, i love morel mushrooms and they're also the ones that like when you're a child you that you see mushrooms sketched in a in a <laughs> in a book, you know, and they're the fairy tale mushrooms, right?
1: Exactly, total fantasy. Yes, yeah, so unusual, and, like little trees, like,
0: little puffy trees. Mm-hmm. You know, they That's can be sort of brown, good. pale gray, mm-hmm. um, blonde, they, they a little blonde. blonde, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and, and the thing blonde. too is those are all little pockets, and here we go again. How do we clean them? And those absolutely have to be immersed in water because they are wild and um, you're going to have to soak those for a while and again then you're going to have to dry, you know drain them well and hopefully dry them a tiny bit and I've even put mushrooms in an oven just to dry them out before I sauteed them um you know just uh, like
0: just like a 200 degree
1: right just give it just, a bit mhm yeah like give, five, give it, give minutes. it,
0: give it a warm and dry.
1: Yeah, and then drain them, and then go into your sauté pan because it, it does. Well, that is predominantly because we have to cook so many. Um, you know, you're not cooking a sheet pan of mushrooms at home. I I don't think, but you know, it, I would. It, it, still, it's a step. <laughs> it's, it's a step. I like it's mushrooms a, step a lot. That makes it easier. But yeah, morels have such a an incredible flavor, and their texture. You know, they're completely hollow inside, and um, so they have this really amazing texture on the palate, and um yeah they are a storybook it's nice if you can leave them whole if they're the size that you can roast them or saute them whole that's really best
0: oh man and up, up in the, the northern uh, northern Piemonte, right up along the lake maggiore um, near the swiss border i had a, a dish one time where morels were roasted in a little casserole lined up like little soldiers Oh. And in them was a ricotta and chicken mousse. Oh, uh, the oh. same way that you would fill a pasta, right? Yeah, you know, like, as with with a little farce that was smoothed out with 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 egg and a little Parmigiano. And uh, yeah, yeah. And it was it was the liver, and it was you know the the way the, if there's a chicken filling for a pasta, you 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 boil the entire chicken, you know, and and then you You sort of sweat and, and until they're at low heat, cook through uh, the organs that you want to use and uh I yeah yeah, I mean that was it was all there and that, that and incredible. i I just want to make that again, just roasted in casserole, fresh sage
1: mm-hmm.
0: I did really know. nice yeah well and I'm having an emotional moment <laughs>
1: we I don't blame you that sounds really good. <laughs> Well, and we're doing uh, braised lamb shank right now, which, oh my gosh, it's just such a treat. It's so good. And the sauce is so incredible because of the long cook time with the bone and everything and, and all the marrow. And I just, you know, it's the wrong time for morels, but boy, I would love to be garnishing that with morels. Um, we Hopefully we will get some porcinis. Um, but yeah, I just love the idea of a whole bunch of morels on that. Oh,
0: well maybe next spring. The the thing that I think I bugged you to make this a couple of times. When the asparagus comes, fat pieces of asparagus, morels Mm as just as a saute as a garnish for creamy grits. Oh
1: yeah, so good. You know, throw
0: the 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 corn the sweetness of the corn with Mm -hmm. the particular bitter, you know, intense like chlorophyll, like spring is here, flavor of asparagus, and that that woodsy you know, I don't know, almost pillowy, mushroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, just like little rings. yeah, yeah. That, that's the put that on your list for next spring
1: for sure. Morels. Um, jumping around a bit, just because you said creamy grits. We're doing a dish that I did a number of years ago, and I haven't done in a while with the chanterelles that we're getting, um, which is a crispy grit cake, which is our creamy grits that we add a little bit of Reggiano to and panko to form into a cake and fry which get crispy and brown on the outside and they're sort of creamy on the inside i love those things and then uh goat cheese cream and a red wine reduction and um uh, just a whole bunch of chanterelles man that is uh, i ate that the other night (laughs) because i haven't i haven't made it in so long i'm like i need to eat that that that's that sounds like an excellent
0: excuse to drink a a glass of really top glass american pinot noir mm -hmm. you know I, i very often go to the continent for things but when you when you start talking about grits, it's funny. There's enough inherent sweetness in the corn that it mm-hmm. tends to push me back to the states. And uh, yeah, Sonoma County, you know, good wine from from Tom Dellinger and his daughters.
1: Mm-hmm. One of those Pinot Noirs
0: yeah. would be fantastic with that awesome. dish. That's what are fantastic. the top secret mushrooms are on your list?
1: Hmm.
0: You know, morels are not a secret. They're just amazing, but they're limited.
1: Well, uh, you know? I don't. I don't know about top secret, but. It's been a little while since we used mayatakes, which are another cultivated mushroom, but it's such a different type of mushroom. It's structured so differently. They're fine, they're delicate. Um, and I like the fact that they have almost a nutty flavor to them and they cook nicely. Uh, they cook relatively quickly in, in, you know, in the realm of things, in, in the realm of a 20, 25 minute cook, they're probably a five to eight minute cook um, and, and, and you're getting nice caramelization and they're they're tasting their best. But we, 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 we haven't used them in a little while, and I was just thinking about them, um, yeah. Sometimes
0: we'll get forages that appear with really marvelous hen of the woods and chicken mm-hmm. of the wood mushrooms and lobster mushrooms. Which is
1: the other name. Uh, hen of the and, wood is the other name for Mayataki. yeah.
0: And, but but these, these are ones that you can just find. I mean, that yeah. up, up through the gunpowder, you, mm-hmm. you always find these guys, and you, and you will find morels in the spring, too.
1: Yeah, just be careful. Know
0: what you're doing when you yeah you 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 gotta make sure you go through your mushroom book and
1: right, right. and uh, you don't wanna you don't wanna eat poisonous mushrooms ever nope It'll be the last time but
0: yeah that those guys it's funny soup is what I always want hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's making making a really good broth or brodo uh, and then and then maybe putting tortellini in there or you know mm-hmm. you know Cindy I think if, if everyone has their list of like what are their favorite mushrooms? And yeah, m- morels are my all-time second favorite because I, I can't <laughs> not say that the black truffles, whether from Perigour or Vaucluse or Umbria, that, that those are the most remarkable thing, almost addictive. Right. There's, exactly. there's almost a like a physical need.
1: <laughs> I agree. You,
0: you want to give people a little like guide of mm-hmm. uh, like what they should look for, you know what are potential sources, and, and a couple of easy ways to work with the truffle. And I can toss some ideas in too. Uh,
1: burgundy truffle is available now. It is considered a black truffle, but it's not the same as the black winter truffle. Scientific name is melanosporum. So for the burgundy truffle, it is a little firmer in texture, uh, so a little crunchier, and it ranges in color f- from sort of a, a caramel color. Uh, well, it, it it can be almost white inside, which I think those are really sort of a little bit unripe, um, and then they will go from that to uh, caramel color. They're fully black on the outside and they're kind of knobby on the outside. They have more texture on the outside than the black winter truffle. And um, they are they're in season right now, uh, and also soon, white truffles from Italy will come into season. Uh, and then after that finishes, then the black winter truffle will come into season for a few months, depending uh, white, on the season. White
0: truffles are not a fungus; they're not they're a vegetable.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: are the most peculiar vegetable, but they're a vegetable. Yeah. So they don't <clears> belong
1: in our discussion. Oh, okay. So we won't talk about them. Uh, the Burgundy truffle. Uh, is less expensive than the black winter but they're still you know crazy expensive product to work with um and they lend themselves more to finishing things than they do to cooking like when i i am serving them right now and i make i'm making a risotto with a red burgundy onion shallot butter and finishing uh, with reggiano cheese and then we slice the truffle on top when i make black winter truffle risotto I store the rice with truffles, I chop truffle and add it to the risotto while I'm making it, and we also slice truffles and finish. Uh, so it's very different. Um, I don't typically make oil from burgundy truffles, it's just really a finisher. So it makes a great salad. Uh, this is maybe your chance to do a, a I mean, beautiful salad. As, as green a garnish salad. for a salad. Right, as a garnish for a salad. Uh, it you know, do a great green salad and a wonderful vinaigrette and have slices of truffle on that. Um, maybe have a scallop dish and put slices of the burgundy truffle on that. And, and you also asked about checking for quality. So we had one truffle last night that I had to discard that had s- signs of some sort of uh, worm going through it. And um, I mean, these things grow in the ground. Of course, there is the possibility of that. Uh, one of the ways you it, 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 there is an indicator of that which there is typically a small hole on the side um, or some sort of break in the side of the truffle that indicates that maybe something did get in there um, uh, but that that's the main thing is is you want them to smell good um, to smell like a truffle and to be firm and to not have holes in them and uh, that's what you're you're looking for and you and you want to store them in a glass jar uh, you want to store them wrapped in paper towels. So moisture is the enemy of, uh, of uh, fungi and uh, just ages them and they will mold. Um, so you want to keep them dry and cold. So obviously you store them in the refrigerator, wrapped in paper t- Each Each truffle should be wrapped in its own paper towel. And you want to change those paper towels every day. Uh, to keep that moisture out of that jar, wipe that jar out, and make sure there's no moisture on the lid, anywhere in there, and that's how you store them. So that's a little primer on truffles.
0: Great, well, I'm sure that sometime as we get into the winter, we can talk about a few dishes, sneak in Mm -hmm. a few dishes with maybe towards the holidays with the black winter truffles. Mm -hmm. But with burgundy truffles, I mean, it's kind of like, it's in the name, it's for Mm -hmm. burgundy. Mm So, you know, whether it's white or red, nothing too tannic, nothing too uh, robust, save, save the big stuff for, for the wintertime ones.
1: Okay. Good. Anyway.
0: that's All this does is make me love mushrooms more.
1: Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm definitely going to put know. another mushroom dish on the menu tonight.
0: If you want to correspond with us, uh, you can reach us at ForemanWolf at WIPR.org. If you would like to download this or any one of our other broadcasts, please go to the WIPR website, wypr.org. Look for the Foreman Wolf page, and there should be a full menu of uh, different episodes there. To follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media,
1: you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook as Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: My Instagram is The Real Tony Foreman. Thanks for listening.
1: Happy Sunday.